It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction coming to you every weekday to give you a little bit of help and a little bit of hope on your journey of faith. It is uh, great to have all of you with us today. And today we're going to talk about Marian devotion. How would you describe your relationship with Mary? She is the mother of God, the mother of our Lord Jesus, and she can and should play a vital role in our faith. But uh, do you worry sometimes, uh, as I do on occasion, that by giving Our Lady so much attention, you might be taking away some of the love and devotion you have for Jesus? Well, we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, our spiritual director, Father Ed Broom. Father is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic. Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California, author of three books, Humdrum to Holy, Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary, and Road Map to Heaven. Father Ed Broom, a pleasure to have you back on the program. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Chuck. Great to be with you. Yeah, and I love talking about Mary, as I know you do, uh, too. And we're going to talk about Our Lady. And as we do every day, we'll invite you and our listening audience uh, to join us on the program. And uh, we hope some of you will say yes to our invitation, be part of the conversation today. But Father Ed Broom, get us started talking about Mary and devotion, and maybe just an overview, a little bit of an umbrella, as I like to say. How can devotion to Mary help us on our journey of faith? One of the greatest Marian saints, his name is St. Louis de Montfort, gives us the classic uh, true devotion to Mary. One of the things he says is that the quickest, easiest, the most efficacious pathway to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is through devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And um, a lot of people have a mistaken notion that uh, loving Mary is going to diminish our love for Christ is quite the opposite. Um, uh, two biblical passages can substantiate that. Uh, Mary, in her Magnificat, beautiful hymn of praise, she says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, or my soul magnifies the Lord. So Mary's not going to be diminishing our love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but Mary's be magnifying it. And the the second is we have um, Mary speaks seven times in all of sacred scripture. The last two times we find in uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, where we encounter Mary at the wedding feast of Cana with Jesus. And Mary says, there's no more wine than the last words that Mary we have recorded of the words of Mary in sacred scripture are, do whatever he tells you. Those are the best words of advice I think we have in the whole world. If we would simply do whatever Jesus tells us, the world would be much better. So diminishing devotion to Jesus through Mary is an error. On the contrary, the more we love Mary, the more we're going to be loving 
Jesus, as well as the Trinity. St. Louis de Montfort says that Mary is the daughter of God, the Father, Mary is the mother of God, the Son, and Mary is the mystic, mystical spouse of the Holy Spirit. So Mary will help us to magnify the Lord. Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director on the program today, talking about devotion to Mary. Let's open up our phone line, sponsored by Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. Toll-free number if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. And as we talk about the devotion to Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, how would you describe your relationship with Our Lady? And when has Mary uh, very directly interceded and helped you on your faith journey? Certainly, if you have any questions about your relationship uh, with the Blessed Mother, we invite you to join us as well. Again, toll-free number 888-914-9149 and our email address at relevantradio.com. So, Father, and you've probably answered it to some degree, but let me ask it a bit more directly. A lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters believe that um, we worship Mary. We're talking about devotion today, but is there a line that uh, is drawn between devotion and worship? Yes, uh in, uh, in theology, you have these different terms um, taken from Greek. You have latria, hyperdulia, then you have protodulia and dulia. Now, the word latria means this, that praise. We only praise, glorify, and worship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then we have what is called Dulia, which means we give veneration, we give that to the saints. Hyperdulia, we means we give the highest veneration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. But it's veneration is not adoration. I also mention protodulia because in all of our devotion to the saints, there's a special category for the great Saint Joseph. So yes, um, Protestants will sometimes say that we're actually worshiping and adoring the Blessed Virgin Mary. Quite the contrary, as I said earlier, Mary helps us to glorify the Lord. So um, Mary's not going to be a barrier, but Mary's going to be a bridge between heaven and earth. And, uh, Father, when we talk about that bridge, um, she because in the end, when we talk about our devotion to Mary, it's really all about Jesus, isn't it? It really is. I mean, uh, Mary... Her, her life is basically saying yes to God by the Annunciation, and then Mary carries Jesus within her womb when she goes to visit Elizabeth. Mary brings forth Jesus uh, in Bethlehem where Jesus is born. That's why the, the book that I, the, the book that the second book they wrote is consecrating herself through the mission of the Rosary. Uh, I basically took the the basic thrust by reading John Paul II's uh, apostolic letter, The Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary, which was published in 2002. And my, um, my emphasis was that John Paul II says we're called to contemplate the face of Christ through the eyes and heart of Mary. So what better way to contemplate the, uh, the, the face of Christ than the through the eyes and heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's the best way to do it. 
Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. We're talking today about the Blessed Virgin Mary, and how would uh, you describe your relationship with Mary? And when uh, has she uh, maybe directly interceded and helped you on your faith journey? Certainly, if you have any questions about your relationship with the Blessed Mother, we invite you to join us. And if you'd like to join us, Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God, He was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, He fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com slash gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And just a reminder that our Relevant Radio toll-free studio line is sponsored by Charity Mobile, the pro-life phone company. More information about uh, their cell phones and monthly plans, all available at CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm Chuck Neff, along with a whole cast of people in the studio. Nick Schmitz, our producer. Jim Shaper, sitting in the producer's seat. Patrick Alog, answering your phone calls today. And Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director on the program. Father's a priest with the Oblates of Mary. 
Mary of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California, talking today about devotion to the Blessed Mother. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. How would you describe your relationship with Our Lady? And when is Mary um, maybe very directly interceded and helped you on your faith journey? Of course, if you have any questions about your relationship with Mary, we invite you to join us on the program. As well, again, it's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. You can also email us in her life at relevantradio.com. So, Father Ed Broom, I'm just curious, when did uh, devotion to Mary take on a deeper meaning for you? Well, uh, when I was about seven or eight years old living in New York, um, there was a group called the Block Rosary that um, my mother would go to this, and they would go to different families every week, and they would pray the rosary. So I, at first, I was somewhat reluctant uh, to going as a seven-year-old to pray a rosary. I thought that that's just too, too long for me. But after going a couple times, it was just like an appeal, like a, a nudging to, um, to go with these, these older people, 30 years of age. I thought that they're really old, no? No, I'm more than double that age myself. <laughs> but I, I just felt there was kind of like an attraction to pray it. And then um, they would always say at the end, let's pray for the intentions of Our Lady of Fatima, for the conversion of sinners, uh, for the conversion of uh, Russia, and then uh, when I was exposed to the message of Fatima, that just seemed to captivate me so much. How these three little children, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia, little children that were basically um, illiterate, that the angel appeared to them three times, and then the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to them six times in Fatima. And um, as, a, as a child, I was really uh, captivated by the July 13th apparition is when um, the Blessed Mother appears and she opens her hands and the children look down. They're able to see this this graphic vision of hell where you see these uh, these souls in hell and these demons and fire. And I remember as a kid, um, that did not damage me. It didn't cause a, a trauma within me, as some people say you shouldn't talk to children about hell. But you know, it actually motivated me all the more to pray because uh, the reality of hell. And then you see this little girl, Jacinta, after that, she's offering so many different sacrifices. You know, she she wears uh, the rope around her waist. Uh, she decides not to uh, eat grapes, which she loved to eat. Uh, she uh, prays a lot of rosaries. She prays the prayer of the of the angel prostrating herself on the ground. Then she goes, you know, afternoons in the hot summer, humid weather of Portugal without drinking a glass of water. And um, I just felt, wow, this little girl couldn't even read and write, could do so much to, um, to, to, to collaborate with the salvation of souls, and especially the rosary. That just hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. And then um, when I was... Um, 14, uh, walking to school there in, in Ridgewood, New Jersey, where I was brought up and raised as a teenager, I'd walk two miles to school, and I would sometimes pray two or three rosaries on my fingers when I was um, going to high school. And now they look back in ret- retrospect, a teenager, 14 or 15, praying three rosaries on a, 
on his fingers. I think I was thinking now that was a special grace because most people, teenagers, can't even pray a deck of the rosary. And uh, then I was exposed uh, when I was going to Villanova University in Philadelphia. I had a spiritual director um, who um, showed me an article from the National Catholic Register because I was kind of toying with um, the whole idea of. Um, of becoming a priest, uh, the first year I played I played baseball, and then I was I was an English major, thinking, well, I should probably be a writer, and so uh, I got a hold of this article, and it said, "Oblates of the Virgin Mary in Boston," and their charism is is given the spiritual exercises, uh, preaching popular missions, and um, defending the truth, fighting against modern heresies, uh, the formation of clergy and laity, and then the Marian devotion. They felt, wow, that sounds like it's right up my alley. So I I visited the um, the Oblate House there in Boston in the late 70s, and uh, after about a year of discernment, I decided that um, after a short teaching career of just one year in, in um, a place called King of Prussia in, in Pennsylvania, I decided that I would I would pursue the priesthood, but as a religious, following uh, the charism of the oblates, and that's what I'm. I mean, a lot of people confuse us with the OMI or the OMV. The OMI would be the oblates of Mary Immaculate, founded by Saint Eugene Eusenode, whereas our founder he founded the oblates of the Virgin Mary, and what it means is that we are an oblation. That's uh, it means a total offering of ourself to Jesus through the hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So um, we oblate some one of the principal charisms of my founder and the oblate. It try to get the people to get to know Mary, uh, to love Mary, and to um, try to imitate Mary's virtues. And as I said at the top of the program. Um, St. Louis de Montfort says that Mary is the quickest, easiest, and the most efficacious pathway to Christ. In, o- in other words, she- she's the shortcut. We might as well we might as well take the shortcut rather than <laughs> the long cut. No. So, um, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, Father Ed Broom, if you're just joining us, is our spiritual director and uh, talking about our devotion to Mary. And so, Father, as you look back on that uh, journey as a seven-year-old into high school and college and then into the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, uh, certainly uh, the providence of God, but do you see Mary leading you through that and, and leading you to her son? Yes. Yes, I really feel that she's always been in the, she's always been in the background, and um in the, in the years of formation, I studied in, in Rome at the Angelicum back in the 70s and 80s, and we would be traveling from San Vittorino to Rome, and these big pulminos, these big buses, and we'd be praying a rosary on the way there, on the way back, and then we've got a sanctuary, Our Lady Fatima in San Vittorino. And um, then I fell upon, even before I entered the Oblates uh, with my mother, I fell upon True Devotion to Mary in the late 70s. And I read that with my mom and a couple of her friends. And I found um, I found it was kind of difficult reading at first, uh, True Devotion to Mary. Uh, some of the words I didn't fully understand, some of the concepts. But after reading it a couple of times, uh, I made that total consecration of myself to Jesus through Mary. 
and um, within within a year after that, I was I, I found myself in Rome studying to become becoming uh, a priest of the Oblate of the Virgin Mary. So, I think it was my mom, the Rosary, uh, Message of Fatima, Jacinta, but true devotion to Mary of Saint Louis de Montfort. I mean, I found that that was uh, that was just like a like a spiritual bomb that kind of uh, catapulted me higher and higher. So um, it's not. I'm not saying that it's easy reading, uh, but I feel that if you really want to understand Conservation of Mary, there are there's Colby, there's Mike Gately, there's my Consecration to the Rosary. But I think and anyone who really takes seriously Consecration of Mary has to be exposed to St. Louis de Montfort and true devotion. It's just... Um, Actually, John Paul II, you probably know that when he was uh, working in the mines before he entered into the seminary, he would actually read True true Devotion to Mary there in the mines. And he said that that was one of his favorite um, books. And when he becomes Pope, you probably know his his papal emblem was Totus Tuus Ego Sum. Mm -hmm. And that's that's taken from True Devotion to Mary. I am all yours, Jesus, through Mary. So, uh... Like you, Chuck, whenever I can talk about Mary and devotion, <laughs> I'm really enthusiastic about it, as you said, um, you know, at the, be- at the beginning of the program. It's, <laughs> it's, it's my forte is Mary and devotion, yeah. yeah. Well, and so. we're going to hit a heartbreak here in about a minute, but true devotion to Mary, can you just summarize what does that look like? Well, the text is um, it's, uh, divided into different stages. One is the... St. Louis de Montfort encourages us to um, meditate upon some of the major obstacles uh, to arriving at Christ, and it's the world, how the world and worldly values can very easily distract us from the the essential in this life. And if we meditate upon Mary, Mary was totally focused on God. I mean, the very essence, center of her life was God. No, because of the Immaculate Conception, Mary never deviated, even the to the slightest degree, from being totally, totally given to God. No, and it sounds, maybe it sounds like a tall order for us, but like Mary, we're, we're really called, as we read in Luke ten, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength than to love our neighbors ourselves. So I think Mary can help us to focus upon what's most important in our life, which is focusing upon the the Blessed Trinity, Father, the Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. Stay with us. We'll get to some phone calls when we come back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife@relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director on the program today, talking about Marian devotion. 
Father is a priest with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, now associate pastor of St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Hawaiian Gardens, California, author of three books, Humdrum to Holy, Total Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, Through the Mysteries of the Rosary, and Roadmap to Heaven. And uh, we are talking today about Marian devotion, and as you think about uh, your relationship uh, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, how would you describe that? And when uh, has Mary very directly interceded and helped you on your faith journey. Certainly, if you have any questions about uh, your relationship uh, with Mary, we invite you to join us. Again, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149, our email address, com. Just a couple of programming notes. 25 minutes from now, top of the hour, we will be celebrating Mass, and uh, we really just uh, love praying with you and for you. Certainly, the Drew Mariani Show, 3 p.m. Central, the um, Divine Mercy Chaplet, we pray um, every day with you. And then uh, just want to remind you about the family, Rosary Across America, 7 p.m. Central, live and interactive, um, praying uh, the rosary with with uh, so many of you for your intentions. And then just want to mention, uh, you may have already heard it, want to mention it again, but starting on September 8th, we will be starting a 54-day rosary novena for our church and the nation. We, of course, um, invite all of you, everyone listening everywhere, to join us in praying this 50-day Rosary Novena. We'll be talking about that more in the upcoming days. But again, it starts uh, on September 8th, and I just wanted to make mention of that. Talking about devotion to Mary, Father Ed Broom, our spiritual director. Let's uh, take some phone calls, and uh, thanks, everyone, for waiting. Let's start with Renee, listening in California. Hi, Renee. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to share that um, I just love our mother so much. And, um, you know, she helped me. She, I think she actually saved me through this pandemic. Uh, the narrative in the media and social media is so dark. And my daughters, my family, they suffered so much. They were these young, they are these young, beautiful adult women that were in college and starting their life, and all of a sudden they're isolated with uh, facing health issues. And and if it wasn't for the rosary, I've always had been able to had Mary in my life. But um, I think that um, because of that and her, I was able to have God's peace through this whole pandemic. I mean, every time I would get anxious and scared and worried about real life stuff that you see and hear about, I, I just start saying the Hail Mary and I and because of the radio app, I'm long a little long winded, so because of the radio app I was able to um encourage my family. We'd put on the rosary off the relevant radio app and pray the rosary with them. I'd say, Come on, give me fifteen minutes here, look and we'd be able to say it. Um, I have to say that the rosary um, in praying to Mary and having her in our life is our call to action. You know, sometimes you're like, we've got to do something and we've got to say something. That's it. It's praying the rosary. She, it is such a powerful, um, it's so powerful. It really, really is. And, and Father Broom, you brought up the Fatima children. She asked us to pray for the world, the reparations of our of the sins of the world. And there are a lot right now that <laughs> we can see. So that is our call to action is to pray the rosary. And it's a beautiful, calming, and very powerful prayer. It's so true. I'm 
the fact that these little children, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia prayed the rosary, they were just you know, seven, eight, nine years of age. And I think that you know, the Father Patrick Payton says the family that prays together stays together, as well as a world that prayer is a world at peace. And, you know, the popes have recommended this, Pope uh, Francis, as well as John Paul II. It's such a beautiful prayer, and it's um, it's a biblical prayer. It's a prayer also in which we really get to know Jesus and Mary better. And the fact that you said it's, it's helping us through the pandemic, if we look at the life of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, uh, for example, the Joyful Mysteries, there's a lot of joy there, but also there's a lot of struggles. Uh, try to imagine Mary, nine months pregnant, traveling a long way, <clears throat> and then uh, there's no room for them in the inn, and they accept that. And then the fourth mystery where uh, the prophecy of Simeon says that um, Jesus would be a sign of contradiction and that a sword of sorrow would pass through her heart. And then... Um, I'm sure we have listeners that have probably lost their their children when they are three or four, five years of age in a supermarket or something. You probably almost had a heart attack, and you find, you know, your child is behind the the, the cornflakes or whatever in the supermarket. No, and but can you imagine losing your son or daughter for three days? So, the fact that um, we're going through a tough time, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went through a tougher time than us. And what we have to ask them, I think the key word is this, is trust. No, God wants us to trust him. And Jesus said to St. Faustina that the biggest sin is a lack of trust in, um, in God's divine providence. So, yes, I, I, I really agree so much. Uh, I, I actually, I, I, I pray four rosaries a day <laughs> because I really feel very few people take prayer seriously, and I feel as a priest, uh, Fulton Sheen says the priest is called to be the victim who offers the victim, given that many people don't pray, I've got to double, triple, quadruple it. So um, I, I'm really strong in saying every family can pray the rosary. Children that are, as you pointed out, we can spend in an hour or two hours on social media watching movies and playing games uh, the rosary, we can pray the rosary in 15 minutes. You know, we can pray four, ro- four rosaries in an hour. And if we do that, um, one of the most beautiful stories, too, is if you've ever read the um, Blessed Virgin Mary and the Rosary of John Paul II, he mentions the rosary saints, the Little Flower, Padre Pio, St. Louis de Montfort, Colby. But he mentions a, he, he mentions a person that most people don't know, and his name is Blessed Bartolo Longo. Now, Blessed Bartolo Longo, he, um, he lived about 90 years ago in Naples, Italy, and he went away to the university, and the university he got involved with satanic practices. And he was actually consecrated a priest of Satan. He gave himself totally to Satan. As we consecrated ourselves to Mary, he was consecrated to uh, Satan, and he was he was heading he was heading on, down the wrong path. The Dominican priest prayed and offered up fasting for him. And um, what happened was he heard a voice within the depths of his soul: "If you want to be saved, pray the rosary and propagate the rosary." 
so he took that heating, which was the Blessed Virgin Mary, and he started to pray the rosary. He started to propagate the rosary. He had his beautiful Marian shrine, Our Lady of Pompeii, in Naples, which was built. And now he is blessed. One more miracle, and he'll be Saint Bartolongo, from a priest of Satan to a Catholic saint. And that all comes about through the powerful, powerful intercession of Mary, who crushes the serpent with her heel, as we read in Genesis 3.15. So I, I, until my dying day, I will, I will be a, an ardent promoter of the Holy Rosary. And you start with your kids. You know, uh, I, I think there is a, a real attempt throughout the world to, to poison the minds of our children. I think now more than ever, moms and dads, you have to consecrate your children to Mary, teach them to pray that Hail Mary uh, as young as they are, get them to pray the rosary. Um, I, I do Marian consecrations. I've, I've put thousands of scapulars on people here in L.A. Th- I say thousands because they consecrate parishes from 200 to 1,000 people I consecrate. And in our massive consecration, we um, we say the prayer of consecration. And afterward, I place the, the scapular on them. And then after that, we expose the Blessed Sacrament. We have a Eucharistic Marian procession. And then the people leave, and they're consecrated to Mary. And you know, people, people, people today live with a lot of fears and a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. But if you know that you are in the hands and the heart of Mary, there's no reason why we should have fear. I said we have, to, we have to find refuge in the Ark of Noah. The Ark of Noah is the Blessed Mother. The Ark of Noah is the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We really are, we're, we're, in the best, we're in the best of hands if we're in the hands of Mary. We're in the best of hearts. We're in the hearts of Jesus and Mary. So, um, I think once we get to heaven, we're going to see we're going to see how often Mary's powerful intercession prevented us from falling into sin. How Mary, once we fell into the mud, she pulled us out of the mud and she brought us back to confession. How Mary opened up these doors that seemed to be locked for us. How Mary was able to, uh, to dissipate the the clouds that seemed to descend in our interior lives and dissipate our desolation. I mean, I just, I love Mary. And uh, and as I was telling Chuck earlier, uh, people that say that we're going to, if we love Mary, we're going to be diminishing our love for Christ. It's like if you, last program I had my mother come in at the very end. If you say something uh, good about my mother, you, you know, you're, you're in, you, by doing that, you're honoring me, one of her, one of her nine kids, no? So we're not going to be diminishing Christ and as I said earlier, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And her last words, can you tell me, can you tell me any, any better advice than we have in John chapter 2? Do whatever he tells you. You know, if, if the whole world, there's 7.5 billion people, <laughs> that's the number, if they would obey those few words, it's a short, com- uh, simple sentence, the whole world would be saved if we had just put into practice those few words of Mary and those are the last recorded words of Mary in sacred scripture. So uh, as I told Chuck, I just, I'm, I'm enthusiastic talking about Mary. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm an oblate of the Virgin Mary, and I want to get 
everyone in the world to 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 get to know Mary, love Mary, consecrate themselves to Mary, and Mary's she she's the highway to heaven. She's the shortcut. So uh, you can tell how here how enthusiastic I am about this topic of Marian devotion. Hopefully, all of our listeners will hopefully all of our listeners will become Marian apostles. No. Promote the rosary. Yeah, we can we can tell you are a little passionate about Our Lady. (laughs) (laughs) Father Ed Broom is our spiritual director. If you're just joining us on the Inner Life today, talking about Marian devotion, Renee, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you uh, taking time to be part of the program. Let's head to Colleen, Texas, and Madonna listening there. Hi, Madonna. Welcome to the Inner Life. Hi. Good morning. Beautiful topic. Just love it. So, I. uh, I just wanted to tell a couple of short stories here of where Mary, Mother Mary, was just so present, and I felt her. But this past June, I was at the um, priest ordination there in the Diocese of Austin, and there were five men that were being ordained. And so the processional music started, and in you know came the cross bearer, and all of a sudden I was sitting kind of toward the back, uh, you know, and because there's of course social distancing and. I had this just overwhelming smell of roses, and I, I start looking around me, and there, nobody had moved, and nobody had walked in or anything, and I just like, oh my gosh, it is Mother Mary leading the procession in for her new priest coming in, and I turned around, and the, I just happened to be sitting right in front of the big statue of Mother Mary, and it was just like a, oh my goodness, and I looked around, nobody else was moving or seeing anything, but that was just a very, and I, I knew two of the men that were being ordained, and afterwards I made sure and let them know that Mother Mary was right there helping them into their ordination. So that was my first story. Beautiful, beautiful. If you've ever read the uh, Divine Comedy of Dante, once Dante arrives in, in heaven, he's going up and up and up with St. Bernard. When he arrives at the height, he sees what is a, a rose. It's a mystical rose, and beyond the mystical rose, you, you can see the Blessed Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So, actually, the word rosary it actually comes from rose. Every time you say a Hail Mary, you're offering a beautiful rose to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So, yeah, I mean that's beautiful. And I would say, Colleen, also pray for priests. Um, pray, and when you're offering your rosary, maybe with your family and your parish, pray for priests. Because the the sanctification of the world, I think, is going to be coming through the through the bishops and the priests. Pray that we would love Mary, that we would promote Mary. We try to get our people to love Mary. I notice in our parish that um, after after the mass, we we pray the rosary in the chapel of Divine Mercy, and we have the Blessed Sacrament exposed. Um, and this is not to to downplay the role of the lay people. But I notice if if uh, I get up and I don't pray the rosary, the lay people pray the rosary, then most of the lay people get up. When I stay to pray the rosary, almost all the people stay to pray the rosary. And I'm not, it's not a, uh, I'm tooting my horn, no, but there's just a certain power in the priesthood, no? It comes from, you know, holy orders, there's that ontological change in us, so... Um, uh, let's uh, let's pray for priests that they would imitate the, you know, the Curie of ours, John Bosco, Colby, John Paul II, uh, the Pius V, who was you probably know that the Battle of Lepanto 
back in the 1500s against the Turks. The Battle of Panto was basically is a rosary victory where the, the, the Muslims were much more powerful their fleets. And Pope Pius V, who was a Dominican, said, hey, we got to pray the rosary. So they prayed the rosary around the clock, the winds changed, and the Christian Catholics won the battle, and it was a rosary victory. And that's why the Church celebrates October 7th, which is the feast day of the Holy Rosary, in honor of Our Lady of Victory, which is the Battle of Lepanto. So I really feel that we're in, <laughs> we're in spiritual battle now, no doubt about it, and we gotta, we got to use our rosary, no? I, I sometimes yeah. call the rosaries like our, our spiritual slingshot. Remember David, <laughs> David fought against uh, Goliath. Goliath had the big sword. David only had the little slingshot with the pebbles, and but that was a good good enough to conquer the enemy. We want to conquer the, the 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 Goliaths in our lives. We have to use our spiritual slingshot, and that is the Most Holy Rosary. No? Yeah. Madonna, uh, God bless you. Thanks uh, for joining us. It sounded like you had another story, but we're going to run into a time crunch here, and I want to get to at least one more phone call. But uh, thanks for joining us. Let's uh, our next call. Maria, listening in Harlingen, Texas, and hi, Maria. Thanks for the call and welcome. Hello, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to just uh, share with you a very beautiful testimony of how our Blessed Mother interceded for my husband and I. Um, when we got married, obviously, we wanted to have children and uh, having a hard time um, conceiving. And uh, we were invited one day to a uh, a prayer service at, at our one of our friends home and they had a mantle of uh, our blessed mother of the our lady of uh, guadalupe and um, we were asked to go underneath the mantle and they prayed over us and <clears throat> they asked us to give us what we desired our blessed mother to pray for us so uh, my husband led the prayer and he asked for an opportunity to become a mom and a dad, and, and uh, you know, that we would be blessed in that way. And um, it wasn't up until a little bit further down um, where we decided, you know, we can't conceive. Lord, if it is your will that we uh, adopt, you know, it, it, let it be your will. So um, about two weeks after that, our priest that married us knew how we were trying to conceive and all, and and he asked us if we were willing to adopt. And uh, when we say, well, that's God's will, that would be in our hearts, you know. And two weeks later, or no, about a week later from that day, um, we had a, a beautiful baby girl in our arms to share the rest of our lives with. And that's been 11 years ago that uh, that happened to us. So that's my testimony of how our, our Blessed Mother interceded for us. And uh, it's been a joy for us and ever since then. It's interesting also how, how the Blessed Mother, how she loves children. Now she she appears in Lourdes to little Bernadette, and then she appears to these little children of Fatima, uh, Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. How much she really loves children. And I think it's incumbent upon us now to really... Uh, uh, place our children under the protection of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And place that little miraculous medal around them and um, pray that the children will be pr pr protected.
from the onslaught of evil that's surrounding us. No, I see the Mary. I, I try to promote the Mary, and the scapular Mary, and that's uh, that's a sign that we belong to Mary. And look where we have the scapular. It's scapular. It comes from Latin scapula, which means shoulder. We place it over our shoulder, but also the scapula is right over our heart. And it's it's almost as if the Blessed Mother is hugging us and she's preventing us from the the evils that surround us. So, you know how beautiful is the relationship between Mary and you having that child and children in general. I mean, she had the she had the greatest child in the world. That was Jesus Christ. <laughs> can't go can't go beyond that. <laughs> yeah. Maria, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, good to have you on the program. And we're not going to be able to get to the rest of our phone calls. We're just going to get into a time crunch here, unfortunately. But uh, Father Ed Broom, I wonder if I could just ask you about uh, praying the rosary. Do we just need, I I guess it's been a couple of years, uh, my devotion to Fatima has really grown immeasurably, certainly the messages. And it just dawned on me some years ago that as much as I knew about Fatima, which probably wasn't very much, that certainly in Our Lady's uh, plea to everybody to pray the rosary, I don't know that I was taking that seriously enough. And then there was a day when I was reading more about it and I really said to myself, hey, you need to take this serious. Look at the shape the world's in. And she's asking all of us to pray the rosary for world peace. Do, do we need to take the messages of Our Lady more seriously and pray the rosary? Yes, Chuck. And um, the, the, the fact that Mary appears to these little children, Jacinta, Francisca, and Lucia, on May 13th, all the way up to October 13th, so six times. It's interesting, Chuck, that every time that she appears, she's, she gives a little bit different message every time. But every time, she reiterates the message to pray the rosary. So if our, if our Heavenly Mother is, is uh, telling us to pray it six times, I think that we should obey. Pope Francis has encouraged us to uh, bend at the 16th. And John Paul II... You probably know, Chuck, that on May 13th, 1981, he was, he was shot. That was uh, uh, the first apparition. And the following, the following year, May 13th, John Paul II was in Fatima, kneeling down in front of the statue of Our Lady Fatima, and he touched his rosary to the statue of the Blessed Virgin. And I don't know if you ever saw the the beautiful gesture, he gets up and he places something in the crown of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And what was in her crown? He actually put the bullet that was in his stomach. He put that on the crown of the Blessed Virgin Mary, basically saying, as you can read in George Weigel's Witness to Hope, he says it was, there was evil out there that shot that bullet. That was evil. But there was someone more powerful than the evil and that was the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She directed that bullet so it did not um, end my life. So yeah, I, I don't think it's it's optional. I think it's indispensable. And those words of Father Patrick Payton, two of the immortal sayings of Patrick Payton would be, the family that prays together stays together, but what, l- less well-known is a world at prayer is a world at peace. Uh, Lady Fatima said the reason why we have wars, she said if we don't stop praying, if we if we don't start praying with a worse 
World War will break up, and there in the late 30s, we know what happened. Hitler entered, entered into Poland, and we had the Second World War because of a lack of prayer. So I think the key to world peace is uh, try to cultivate a deeper prayer life, and the rosary, I think, is the, one of the keys. Yeah. So uh, and, I don't think it's optional. Mm-hmm. I think it's indispensable for world peace, for the salvation of the world, and what's happening in this country with there's so much social unrest that we're all experiencing right now. Yeah, yeah, and just a reminder that uh, starting on September 8th, it's the uh, birthday of Our Lady, we will be starting a 54-day Rosary Novena right here on Relevant Radio. You uh, may have already heard about that. Uh, you'll be hearing more about it as we uh, uh, start this uh, 50-day Rosary Novena for our church and for our nation. We hope you'll say yes to our invitation to pray the Rosary with us. Father Ed Broom, we have to wrap things up. We do like to close with a final blessing for all of our listeners. Yes. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Our Lady of the Rosary, St. Joseph, and God's angels and saints, may God bless all of you and your listeners with peace and joy and long life and eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Ed Broom, a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks to all of you for taking time in your day to be part of our audience today. We do appreciate that. Don't forget, Mass at the top of the hour, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark, coming up at 1230 Central. Thanks for joining us. We are back again tomorrow. Hope to see you then.